Hello, this is voice actor Wally Wingert and the Riddler, Edward Nigma. Hello. <laughs> and Adam West, the 1966 Batman with superhero stuff. You should know. You should know this too, Riddler, you foul fiend. I know everything, you cowled clod. And you, Wingert. Yeah, you're right. I know nothing. Sorry. All right, but you got to be sure to listen because I'm going to be the guest and it'll be fun and long. All right, everybody, welcome to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This is Andrew, and I'm once again joined by... The man who knows too much about Batman, this is Ben Wong. And this week, we have our second part of the Wally Wingert interview. He is the top, I say the top anyway, uh, top Riddler voice actor that there is. If you have played the Arkham series, you know him, you've heard him, you've collected his trophies at least a little bit. (laughs) Maybe you didn't (laughs) like finding the trophies, but you liked his voice more than likely. I mean, Mm -hmm. really great voice. Um... So, uh, and he's done a bunch of other stuff other than that. Um, we have our first episode out. Please check that out. This is part two of that. Anything else before we get to it, Ben? Uh, if you guys want to know what he thinks of the Paul Dano casting as Riddler, keep listening. All right, that's it. Check it out. Here we go. And then in terms of other roles, I have to ask, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Big Finish productions um so i was wondering how it was like working with them for the dark shadow story the darkest shadow are they because they're primarily in the uk right uh they are like, they but jim, jim pearson is the point man for all that over here so we do a lot of the sessions uh, over here and then it's all edited and, and sweetened over there mm-hmm. but uh you know jim and i've known each other for a long time and sometimes when you're too close to people you don't really think about oh man i gotta you know, you sit down with a buddy and you go, hey, Ruben, I got to I got to figure out a, I got to hire an artist to do some stuff. And, you know, not mm-hmm. realizing, well, this is my friend Ruben, but oh, yeah, he's one of the best storyboard animation artists in town. Why don't I just ask him, you know? So right. he never, you know, he was doing these theater, these radio theater productions. And it just really kind of never occurred to him that, oh, yeah, Wally's a voice actor. He can do a bunch of these characters. Let's bring him in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, eventually I said, Jim, hello. Hi. I'd love to do one of these. So it's like, oh, yeah, of course, of course. So he brought me in and I got to sit. This is great. As a lifelong Dark Shadows fan, um, I got to sit there next to David Selby, Quentin Collins, as Quentin Collins in the radio play. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, looking at my seven-year-old self going, I would have never, ever thought I was sitting next to Quentin Collins and actually Mm -hmm. uttering the words Quentin Collins because he and I are doing a scene. It's like a page and a half scene, way too short. And mm-hmm. we got it on the first take, and Jim's like, okay, moving on. I'm like, no, I want to do it again. <laughs> I want to yeah. stay here and act with David Selby all day. Mm-hmm. But uh, I said, well, maybe maybe just another one. Okay, we'll take another one. So we did do mm-hmm. it twice, but just because, and, and to, be, to be honest, I know that you guys have a lot of heroes growing up, but when you're sitting next to them mm-hmm. and you're now considered by them as an equal, which you know, kind of was God bless it, was what happened with with Adam and I later eventually on, on in life when you know we were both on Family Guy and we were both in right. stuff. I was now no longer the Adam West fan and he was the icon. I was now he considered me. Oh, you're one of my fellow actors. Okay, that's cool. And that meant mm-hmm. everything to me. I have a framed mm-hmm. screenshot of the uh, credits at the end of Family Guy that says Adam West Wally Wingard because they all oh, went I imagine. In, nice. in, al- yes. in alphabetical order. And uh, that's awesome. so. So all of a sudden, here's David Selby looking at me as, well, he's one of the other voice actors. We're doing a scene. So when mm-hmm. I literally got to say, Quentin Collins, you're a fool. <laughs> I'm telling you, a chill went up my spine and I almost wept. <laughs> because it's just one of those things where, and you don't really do that outwardly because you don't want to out yourself as an uber dork. But to be able to do that just internally i i became it was just like wow this is full circle this is everything i always had hoped as a kid that it would turn out to be like and uh, i've had many many um instances like that throughout my life so i've been really incredibly blessed 
So yeah, but uh, I would have chosen to, I don't know, maybe do that scene another 75 times. <laughs> of course. But just, uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, great. And, and those uh, radio shows are, are really good. Big Finish, they mm-hmm. do a great job. Yeah, no, it's fantastic stories. I, some of the stuff that they've redone, whether it's Doctor Who or Sherlock Holmes and stuff, are some of my favorites that are, I think, better than the ones that are being currently produced. Right. So it's uh, great stuff to listen to on my commutes. Yeah, in, absolutely. In they, and the sound yeah. design on it is really great and just mm-hmm. uh, really, really good stuff. But uh, yep. yeah, I just never, ever thought, you know, the the uh, when I was a kid watching Dark Shadows, that guy with the sideburns that turned into the werewolf, I never, ever, ever <laughs> thought that I'd be sitting next to him in a studio doing a scene with him. I never, ever thought I'd be in Palm Springs having breakfast with, with Adam West when I was a kid. Never, mm. ever thought I'd be driving around in my Grand Torino with Paul Michael Glazer, you know. Uh, Star yeah. It just you know, life is life is charming. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. dreams do come true. You just got to kind of let them. Of course, it is cool to meet your heroes. Um, Sometimes, so, yeah, right. Yeah, um, I've I've been really blessed in that meeting the majority of my heroes have been good experiences. But some people tell me stories that it has not been a good experience. Have you met any of uh, heroes of yours? Oh man, you know, I. I'd love to meet. I know you're probably not the hugest fan of uh, of the Dark Knight trilogy, but I personally would really love to meet Nolan, and um, maybe I don't know. I don't know if he's nice or not, but I'd, oh. I think it'd be cool to meet him. Also, Jim Carrey. Um, you know, it's interesting that you yeah. mentioned the director and not the actual actor behind the character. That's I've never. When I was a kid, I never wanted to meet a director. It just is never on my radar. I, I was all about that... Barnabas Collins and the people who actually, you know. Part of that is because I grew up mainly in the 90s, and I think that Spielberg's presence was so strong yeah. at that time. And just the idea of the director and the main, not even the main, the only vision of the director was Spielberg. So I don't know. For some reason, I latched on to that. And Also, uh, yeah, we're film know. school kids, so like oh, we, we sure. pay attention a yep. lot to the yep. you know directors, writers, people yep. who might not be as like well known on that on mm-hmm. that side. Uh, for me, I briefly met Mark Hamill. Oh, in, nice, nice. Uh, in college, because his daughter was in my class, <laughs> and they were shooting. They, they, no, they weren't shooting. It was a screening of Psycho. I got there late. And it's like it, one of the few seats that are open are at the end of the row. I sit down, I look around because that's what you normally do just to see like who else is around. And I stop and I'm like, that's Mark Hamill. And this is like <laughs> before this is before he came back to Star Wars. Yeah. So this is when most people didn't know what he looked like anymore. They just yeah. associated him with the, the Return of the Jedi. And that's to them. That's what Mark Hamill looked like. Yeah. And my roommate next to me is like, nah, that's not him. I'm like, no, I swear to God, that's him. Um, <laughs> I overheard his voice. Nah. And I'm like, that's, that's gotta be him. And Psycho screens, and I've already seen the movie, and I'm not even paying attention to it because A, I've already seen it, and B, I'm just wondering if that's Mark Hamill a few seats away from me. Uh, and then finally, <laughs> what I does just Mark Hamill courage. think of this movie? <laughs> yes. Well, Mark Hamill was probably yeah. enjoying Psycho before you showed up and drilled a hole into his head with your eyes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he. Uh, I was enjoying this movie before yeah. that kid sat down and started staring at me. Does Mark Hamill have an Anthony Perkins impression? Yeah, right. uh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, he, he probably did, does. He, yeah, he he didn't do one, but he was wondering if there was because we talked a little bit afterwards because I finally worked up the courage to ask him a question of if that was actually him. Of course, he said yes, uh, and he he brought up like he had wondered who else would have been up for the role of um, Norman Bates because in his eye, his in his mind, it was always going to be Anthony Perkins. Yeah, um, so he's a little curious about that, and then other people started like recognizing him because I think like once people saw like oh there's that one kid talking to that guy oh that's Mark Hamill and then they all rushed over because I started it, uh, and so <laughs> he like shook somebody's hand and he's like this is my bionic hand I could crush you. <laughs> that sounds so, like Mark. That's awesome. It's an amazing experience. We'd love to. Would love to reunite with him on this podcast at some point. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. I I know that his wife uh, entertains uh, offers. I'm not sure if he's doing interviews or whatever, but uh, there's a. I think she has some sort of email address or something where she, you know all the all the offers and the ideas come through her. But I I, awesome. I I'm not sure he's he's doing much with uh, everything going on but um mm-hmm. yeah maybe he's 
bored. Who knows? I don't know. He's he's a great guy though. He's just really terrific. Yeah, he seems like it. I love how much he's so into the nerd world. You know, because oh, yeah. every actor that's in a famous nerd role uh, loves really loves what they've done with their life. You know what I mean? He's really into monsters and he's really into Batman. But if you go to his house, there's no Luke Skywalker anywhere there. Uh, The only Luke Skywalker stuff that I saw when I was there where there were some pictures on a table that he had to sign and send off. Other than that, it's all monsters. It's all pop culture. It's all Batman. He's got some Joker stuff. There's just no... No, uh, no, Luke Skywalker. It's really, it's really weird. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you're close to home, I guess. Yeah, the people get into this business because they like it, not because they don't like it. You're not going to get into, you know, being a um, Olympic coach if you don't like athletics. Right. Not going to be a comic book fan and go. "Eh, I think I'll be an Olympic coach. No, you get into it because that's that's where your interests lie. And a lot of people who, you know, from Paul Dini all the way to, you know, Mark Hamill to beyond. People, whether or not, I mean, they, they release the indication that they're nerds in various levels. Some just like Mark, just go all out and say, yeah, I'm a nerd, whatever. I admit it. Mm -hmm. And other people (laughs) are secret nerds, but really play it kind of cool and don't really let it out that they're nerds. But trust me, everybody who's a hero in the movies today had a hero in when they were kids in the movies. Mm. And right, I said, right. I said to Paul Michael Glazer, he said, like, oh, I don't really get, you know, Starsky and Hutch was a big show when I was a kid. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, got to know Paul and I said, he says, oh, I don't know, people at the Starsky and Hutch is really, you know, kind of annoying to have people following me around everywhere and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, you're an actor. Maybe if you didn't like that, you should have been a plumber, you know, <laughs> do something else. It always, it's always uh, flummoxes me. When, up. <laughs> yeah. It always flummoxes me when people are actors and they go, oh, man, people just want to talk to me and have me sign stuff all the time and take my picture and talk to me. <laughs> Did you not know that this was part of the deal when you got into acting? Did you not maybe think that being, a, you know, a stay-at-home mom or maybe a plumber or a, a ditch digger would have been maybe a better life for you than people that wouldn't want to talk to you? Mm-hmm. It just, it's, it's kind of part of the job. You know, the, you know, as the old saying goes, you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. Seinfeld but, um, has some sort of like he said something on comedians in cars getting coffee. Who did? He said, Seinfeld. He oh, said yeah, yeah. something like, "I didn't get into this business for this not to happen." Yeah, you know? exactly. He totally accepts his level of fame and all that kind of stuff. You know, and yep. I thought that was a really honest answer. You know, mm-hmm. but I finally got it out of Paul. I said, "Paul, come on, you had to have had something that you loved as a kid. What was it?" And he thinks for a second, and he goes in his Boston accent, he goes, I like Westerns. <laughs> he was a big cowboy, he was a big cowboy fan. He loved Westerns, you know? Right. And right. I said, did you not ever have a moment to where you met someone, you know, like, oh my gosh, and you're, you're heart pounding, like, I can't believe I'm actually meeting this person. He said, there was one time that that happened. He was at a party during the days of Starsky and Hutch. And he was at a Hollywood party and he heard a voice behind him and his blood ran cold because he recognized it as the voice of Cary Grant. And he had <laughs> always wanted to meet Cary Grant. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm at the same party with Cary Grant. And that was his kind of starstruck moment. So, so once I kind of wrapped his head around that, he's like, yeah, okay, I kind of get it. I kind of get it now. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. And Mark you know, had said at one point, Hamill had said, I don't really get Star Wars. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't get the appeal. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, because you know, he didn't grow up on that kind of stuff. And I said, well, you read, you know, the Homer's, the Iliad and the Odyssey, right? He's like, yeah, we had to read it in school. I'm like, well, this is our, you know, Iliad and the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. You're our Ulysses. You know, Luke Skywalker is our mythology. He's like, oh, okay, I kind of get that. So once you kind of wrap their head around where they're at in the the scheme of importance (laughs) and legend and, and, and Adam West, God bless him, always understood that. He never, mm. he never did not understand that. He always just knew that uh, that's his place in life, and and he just kind of embraced it. That's amazing. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. You also uh, voiced King Tut in Batman versus Two Face. I was wondering yes, if you could share yes. with us. <laughs> Wonderful King Tut. Yes, Richard Bruno, Richard Bruno, one of my all-time favorite actors, <laughs> who was in the uh, very first Wild Wild West episode playing a 400-pound Chinese man. Well, that's some good casting. <laughs> Victor Bruno is a 400-pound Chinese man. 
It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but I've always loved Victor Bono, especially. I remember being in junior high. We were listening to comedy albums. We had a great school because in English class or some kind of class, they ran a comedy album. And they ran <laughs> Victor Bono's comedy album where he did stand-up comedy, I think like one time. But it was an album and we listened to it. And I just, the whole class, t you know, was was tickled and was giggling because they, he said a bad word. But he says, I'm on the beach reading and I have children coming by me, staring at me. And they go over to their mothers and say, look, mom, a man with boobies. <laughs> <laughs> and they said boobies in school. We thought that was, he either said boobies or titties, a man with titties. Mm -hmm. So it was, but it was really funny. Um, <laughs> It's amazing. So yeah, he was uh, he was great. But how that happened was, and if you remember a scene where they all have a jailbreak in the first uh, Return of the Cape Crusaders movie, right? There's all the villains jailbreaking, and James Tucker. We're doing ADR, and James says, uh, "All right, we're going to cover some of these voices here, and we're looking at who all's there." And like, okay, can you can you do a can you do a false face? Oh, okay, sure, sure. Yeah. They all had to say huzzah or something like that <laughs> in unison. So I'm I'm doing Malachi Throne. Yes. Uh, well, Batman, false face. You know, he was one of my favorite characters. Huzzah, huzzah, huzzah. Okay, that's good. Uh, who else do you want to do? Oh, uh, I can do King Tut. Okay, I can do King Tut. Huzzah, huzzah. <laughs> so it just, without an audition or anything, when King Tut figured into the, and Professor McElroy figured into the uh, second movie, uh, my agent called and says, yeah, okay, you'll be doing Riddler and uh, King Tut. I'm like, what, what, what? And I'm thinking he just had maybe one or two lines, but I didn't know that he would figure into it quite that prominently until yeah. I got the script to study. And I said, wow, he's in here a lot. And uh, he has a lot of scenes, you know, that I got as, as McElroy. So I had to go back in to the DVDs and, you know, see what his personality was like as McElroy versus as King Tut. And there's that great scene where they keep bonking him on the head. Yes. And he keeps changing back and forth between the two. And I thought, oh, this is this is really great. And then when I found out that it, and then I'm, I'm I remember I'm on the on the balcony of my hotel in Palm Springs reading this script, and I'm thinking, boy, the, really the the job to have in this uh, movie would be Two Face because this is a great character. I wonder who they're getting for Two Face. Thinking it was going to be some you know voice actor friend yeah. of mine, and he said, oh, it's William Shatner. I'm like, what? I get to have <laughs> scenes now. I didn't act with these guys in person, but we're in the movie together. I nice. get to have scenes with Shatner and Adam West. Oh my gosh, my nerd yeah. meter just went off the <laughs> But uh But McElroy was, oh yes, dear, dear boys, don't fight. No, there, there's a better way to, to settle your your, uh, your your issues than, than violence. Please don't. I'm King Touch, you heretic. You know, that had some definite change in his, in his voice, which was a lot of fun to go back and forth. Mm -hmm. But again, the great Victor Bono, who, uh, you know, started that whole thing. Yeah, no, he'd show up on the show as Professor McElroy, you know. Oh, oh dear. Oh, please, Batman, tell me it didn't happen again. Did I get conked <laughs> on the head? I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So he was, uh, he was great. Yeah. Uh, no, so the, we revisited the movies on the uh, podcast a little earlier this year, and we just we love it as a love letter to the '66, and we kind of see it as like a nice little, you know, forms a little trilogy with the the '66 movie. Right, uh, being part one. Yeah, so it was good that we did that. Um, in addition to the Arkham games and the animated movies, I was looking on your IMDb to find out because I I was surprised by this because I didn't remember uh, hearing you in this, but uh, you did some bit roles in Batman: The Enemy Within from Telltale. Uh, yes, the Telltale, but that was um, Jack uh, Jack Fletcher uh, directed that, I believe, and I was um, some. Uh, henchman or something that that died horribly or something that was really <laughs> okay but um yeah it's it's cool to be you know a part of uh so many franchises that you grew up with as a kid mm -hmm. and i i actually have a document uh here it is uh i've document all this stuff so i'm getting very dry of all this stuff that i got to be a part of these big franchises, mm. anything from Lord of the Rings, Transformers, Garfield, Care Bears, Star Trek, Star Wars, Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, mm -hmm. Popeye, DC Comics, Astro Boy, Batman, 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 Andy Kaufman, Marvel, Kiss, American Isle, Tonight Show, 
Disney Beast. So all of these well-known franchises, and I never take any of this stuff for granted. Mm-hmm. You just you just never do. And I, I right. like to I like to write this stuff down because you, you just got to keep in touch with your your blessings in life and be constantly aware of that and just be constantly thankful for it. And that's why I keep this franchise list. If I ever like I'm down about something, I'm like, oh man, this is a... then all of a sudden I pull out of it and I'm going, you know what? It's been a pretty darn good charmed life. I never in a million years as a kid living in South Dakota thought this would ever you know be like this so this is pretty cool mm-hmm. so yeah i'm uh i'm i'm pretty uh, blessed to have been involved with with this number of, of franchises and you know being only the seventh full-time tonight show announcer in the history of of that legendary show mm-hmm. that's uh, phenomenal and and to have been only to, to have been the only announcer to do that job strictly as a voiceover guy never being on camera that was mm-hmm. another um, special badge of honor. I saw that show twice in person, and both times, for some reason, it was uh, Russell Brand as the main guest. Oh, <laughs> it was just such a weird, weird timing. I knew uh, I worked at Melrose Mac in Burbank at the time as a bench technician, and one of the kids there that was like worked in the front. Uh, his name was, we called him Little Joe, but his dad worked on the show. That's how I was able to bring my whole family there when they visited me. Uh, from Atlanta um, one time. I can't remember his last name, though, but uh, you probably knew his dad. Now, was that the last four years that Jay had the show? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I remember Um, introducing Russell Brand uh, a couple times on the show, so yeah, it must have been. Yeah, yeah, I was was there, but I I asked a co-worker before we started this uh, episode tonight about what, what, what little Joe's last name was, but I can't remember it, but yeah. That's a uh, Cartwright. That's pretty cool. May- <laughs> uh, maybe no, that's, that's a bonanza joke. Okay. Yeah. Little Joe Cartwright. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I got to, I got to kind of frame my uh, references uh, to, uh, to, the, to the appropriate age group. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Showing my age. All right. Gotcha. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see. So back to the Riddler stuff. Cause we love doing deep dives in the characters, especially with um, the actors, but you've mostly been, the Riddler in the ensemble pieces, but if say they're like, "Hey, we want to do an animated movie where your Riddler is the main villain," what are some of your favorite like Riddler stories, or what Riddler story would you love to do? Um, golly, I don't know what I could come up with that they that could beat what they've already done. I mean, the the whole thing. Well, you know, the Riddler in the original game, uh, mm-hmm. in the first Arkham game, you never saw him. Right. You just heard him in those recordings. Right, that's right. And, and Colette Sunderman was the director of those, and she was so good at bringing out the multiple layers of his insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the, the, those recordings that people accessed and listened to were the real reason that the Riddler showed up in the other games because people were like, oh, my gosh, this guy sounds twisted. What does he look like? Can he, can he be in the next game? And it was the fans who said, we want to have him involved in the next game. So, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, there was something about if you, you know, chop a baby's arms off or whatever, he's <laughs> doing this horrible thing. And, yeah. and the lady's like, Edward, that's terrible. How can you say that? Easy. Mm-hmm. He's not my baby. You know, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. This ain't no so Frank Gorshin. This, yeah. uh, this is twisted. So, um, Riddler's story. I guess any ones that you liked in the past in comics growing up or just any... Any incarnation. Other exploration. Yeah, any incarnation, I guess. I don't know. They, uh, they've they done pretty much everything you could possibly do. I mean, what, what else would you would you do with... Uh, what hasn't been done with him yet? Um, I mean, they did, they did Origins, so you kind of got his Arkham Origins. He kind of got the mm-hmm. feeling of how Eddie Nash... Was it Nash that became Nygma? That became uh, Nashton, yes. Nashton, mm-hmm. yeah, Eddie Nashton became... Yeah. So you heard him as Eddie Nashton, and you you could kind of hear his turn into mm-hmm. the darker thing. So they kind of they've kind of explored all of that already with how that how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, it's it's such a brilliant character. But he's not a um, you know he's not a fighter. He's not like Bane or Killer Croc that can right. you know beat Batman up. Uh, so he's he's only got his mental acuity. But you know once Batman 
you know, sees him in their same room together. I give up. I give up. <laughs> you know, don't right, hit me. Yeah. Don't hit me. You know, yeah. now he's not <laughs> such a big man anymore. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that they did make him kind of a game show host. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. nice. I like um, that direction. That's cool. Yeah, and he's and he's got all these traps, and it's like, well, here's another you know uh, thing that you have to overcome for in our next uh, uh, incarnation of this this game that we're going to play. Mm-hmm. It's all a game to him. Ben so, and I have um, talked about this um, in previous episodes of the podcast, but I was wondering. Sorry, Ben, to go off a little bit off the off the script here, but yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. but uh, I was wondering in your mind, what is the Riddler's main motive? You know, you're an actor yourself, and you know, motive. <laughs> what's my motivation? You know, like that's a big thing, I I, I assume, and uh, like what's the what's 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 Edward Nigma Nashton's main motive in your mind? Uh, to get the respect uh, of that he feels he deserves for his superior intellect that he right. never seems to get. Right, right, right. And as long as Batman exists, who's smarter than him, uh, he's never going to get that. So until mm-hmm. he can get that speed bump level down, uh, he will never get the respect that he feels he deserves as a superior intellect. And uh, I believe that's that's the thing that drives him, and that's why he hates Batman so much, because he knows he's just <laughs> a little bit smart. Here, here's yes. a weird thing, just kind of a side note. <clears throat> Excuse me, I was doing some uh, Power Ranger stuff here recently because I, I voiced I think in about six or seven episodes back in the late 90s uh, a character named the Blue Psycho Ranger I now love the it. Psycho Rangers are the evil versions, they're the evil Kirk you know, they're the and evil we're evil the, yeah, uh, the, and they have cool costumes and they were taken from the um, the, the basic uh, synapses that lurk in the d- deep in the brains of the, the good Power Rangers but they were Mm-hmm. you know, made to be evil. So anytime that the Power Rangers, the good Power Rangers would try and fight them, they could, the Power Rangers, the bad Power Rangers, the Psycho Rangers could always anticipate their every move because they knew exactly what they were going to do because they were actually, you know, made from them. So these characters really, even though they were on just for a short amount of time, uh, have resonated quite well with the uh, Power Ranger populace. So last year they got a bunch, a couple of the other Power Ranger, uh, Psycho Ranger guys together, and we did a couple conventions and stuff, and it was, it was pretty cool. So um, somebody came up and said, "Would you sign the picture uh, to uh, Dylan? Uh, I'm smarter than you." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> you want my my Riddler quote on a thing? Oh no, you said that as as uh, the Power Ranger, as Psycho Ranger." I'm like, "I did." Really? Sure enough, uh, they were um, when they first introduced the Psycho Rangers. The, the, the regular Power Rangers are like, well, who are you? We're the Psycho Rangers. We're faster than you, better than you. And my character goes, smarter than you. And, I, and this is <laughs> oh. 20 years before uh, the Riddler. So wow. the, and then the Riddler came out and was like, because I'm smarter than you. That's you know, awesome. I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool that I've had two characters that have actually said that. Um, so I wasn't really aware of that until uh, last year when the uh, Power Ranger stuff started happening again. But uh, whatever. But yeah, he just, Riller just doesn't get the respect that he wants to be considered the smartest guy in the world. Now, here's, here's the thing that we always do in, to bring this to real world stuff, which I swore I wasn't going to do earlier to take us out of our, our <laughs> fantasy play. But, you know, Whoops. they're always talking about who's the richest man in the world? Who's the richest man in the world? The richest man in the world? Who's the richest man in the world? You know what? I don't really care. Who's the smartest person in the world? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to know. Who's got that? Who's the Einstein of our generation? Who's going to be the person to really the deep thinker who's going to take us into the next uh, generation and beyond with the deep thoughts? Uh, that's what I want to know. I don't care about the richest person because, you know, chances are with inflation and everything, the richest person today was nowhere near the richest person back in the 30s or 40s based right, on right. the level of what the dollar was worth. You know, they always right, say, oh, right. the highest grossing movie of all time. Well, no, not really. The highest grossing yeah. movie of all time is probably Wizard of Oz because it's been around for 80 years and yeah. you know, it cost 12 <laughs> cents to get into the theater back then, not $18. So if you right. adjust for inflation, yeah, whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, that's what I want to know is who the smartest person is. Uh, but yeah, True. he just doesn't get the uh, the accolades for being a superior intellect, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Einstein's only an amateur uh, compared to... Yeah, well, yeah. That's how, he, that's how he views Einstein, probably. You're, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't worry, Riddler. You're no Einstein. <laughs> Who, Al? <laughs> <laughs> yes, poor little Al. <laughs> Overrated. 
Yeah, overrated <laughs> Al. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But, man. you know, Einstein was a, and that's kind of what maybe how I'd like to see the Riddler explored a little bit is his intellect is so advanced that the, just some of the more mundane things that you have to use your brain for, uh, for, for <laughs> between day to day, you just don't know how to do that. Like Albert Einstein would stop policemen on the street all the time and go, um, hello, officer, uh, I'm Albert Einstein. Uh, yes, uh, Dr. Einstein says, could you tell me where do I live? <laughs> he forget where he lived you know oh, wow he, i didn't know that, Not know that. The, well you know he wore the same stuff every day yeah uh, same same stuff every day a sweater mm -hmm. a shirt and slacks and the same stuff he just did not want to waste an inth of mental ability thinking what am i going to wear today because it, it was a waste of time it was a yeah, waste I, of heard... mental energy I've heard of that. He would learn how to boil a, an egg while making soup or something, like do several things at once. Yeah. Uh, so, things like that. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's what I would like to see. I would like to have that explored more uh, of the Riddler to where, like, he just, he sometimes forgets where he lives. He forgets his mom's name. But, boy, he's, you know, because he's too busy, you know, thinking about the universe and mm -hmm. how, to, how to make, you know, money out of, uh, you know, holding the city for ransom. So, How does the Riddler do his laundry? Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's always in the red suit. I mean, the green suit. Yeah, well, he <laughs> probably. What else to wear. The, the answer is he probably doesn't. Who boy, that guy stinks. <laughs> the guy uh, probably sits in that little uh, control center of his, and he's probably never. It's like it's like uh, Dib, in the Florpus movie. Oh yeah, you know, where he's just sitting yeah, there yeah, and he the smells screens, bad yeah, and he's perfect. all bloated and he's, <laughs> which was great. Yeah. Uh, because he never, and he comes out, oh, you smell terrible. Uh, you know, go clean up. That's exactly that character. Yeah, yeah. But I, that's what I would like to see is the Riddler just, you know, really looking disheveled mm -hmm. and you know, like somebody not being able to stand very close to him because he smells so bad because, you know, his brain is just working overtime and the body just kind of suffers as a result of it and hygiene mm -hmm. be damned, you know? Right. Exactly. Uh, now... I found I was looking through this just to verify this, but I believe your version of the Riddler is the only adaptation of the origin from the comics about uh, him cheating and a puzzle at school. Like I don't think that's in any of the other versions of it. So obviously, uh, he has a history of cheating and tries to cheat, but he also gets pissed at Batman for cheating throughout the series or what he thinks <laughs> right. is cheating. So well, you always in, hate you always yeah. hate in others what you hate about yourself secretly. Mm. You know. Right. It's yeah. some, it's a psychiatric uh, phenomenon called um, projecting. Yeah, you always project onto others or from others what you hate about yourself secretly. Mm -hmm. So he probably knew he cheated, and when Batman cheated, it reminds him of that party about himself that he doesn't like because maybe at that point he just wasn't smart enough to really figure it out. He had to cheat. You know? Yeah, maybe he's always haunted by. The fact that he did that well it shows it shows yeah. to him his weakness i should have been able to figure that out and do it legitimately because i'm smart but i cheated mm -hmm. and i have always hated that part about myself so yeah whatever mm -hmm. yep i nice. i love the character i think like pim he's he's got a huge huge character arc that uh i don't think has been explored in any previous incarnation that they no. could probably no. go on with I, I i'm really looking forward to seeing what um um, Paul Dano. Oh man, you predicted our next question. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Oh, it does talk with about because... Segway, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, do I have a script in front of me or something? You are the Riddler. Yeah. That's yes. Well. Well, what are your thoughts? The question on Paul you Dano should ask the yourself is: the question you should ask yourself is, how did you know I was going to say that? <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> My superior intellect. Um, yeah, yeah. So, My superior yeah, what are your, what are your intellect. Thoughts of Paul Zeno? Exactly. <laughs> I I could anticipate your next question. <laughs> That's how superior my intellect is compared to your small pea brains. Whatever. <laughs> it's chess, it's, not it, checkers. It's hard to um, it's hard to improvise those lines when you're just kind of vamping because they're so well written and well thought out. It's one of those rare instances when you're in a session and you come up on a line and you see a bunch of words and you're like what the hell am i saying what what does this mean what what is that word and the uh and the uh the director uh, amanda uh amanda wyatt uh says you know i don't know 
So we stop the session and we go on Mr. Google and we look up what the word means. And it's like, it's okay. That's a well-written script when the actor and the director go, I have no idea what I'm saying. But you want to know what you're saying because you want to be able to use the word in the proper context. Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, but it's, it's, it's pretty great when you have to actually stop the session. Those, uh, those scripts, those Arkham scripts are just off the charts. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. So you're a fan of the casting of Dano as the Riddler. Well, I, I like him as an actor. I think he's good. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, but you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad the Riddler's getting some kind of love. You know, I mean, they sure. they, yeah. they cast a, a pretty good guy on um, the Gotham series, I think. Yeah, Corey Michael Smith. Yeah, and um, somebody had said, I've never seen that show, but somebody had said, Oh yeah, we uh, were watching Gotham tonight, and they're like, Oh my gosh, he's doing he's doing Wally. And I'm like, okay. So I looked at a few clips, and I'm like, eh, I don't really see it. Uh, they might have been one where he does the Riddle Factory, which is the game show. Oh, so uh... he might he might channel it a little bit there. It, off the top of my head, that's that's the only explanation I have for that. Because like, yeah, when you first mentioned that, I was like, eh, I don't really see the connection. I see more of the connection to like Jim Carrey, yeah. but not really to the one in the Arkham games. But I'm like, eh, maybe it was that one. Maybe mm. that was the episode. Interesting. Was, yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, last question here. What is, like, obviously you've played several characters in your career that are comic related, whether it's in Batman or the, obviously the Riddler and uh, the Marvel Universe. Are there any other comic characters you would uh, love to take a crack at? <sighs> well, not having Kevin Conroy's voice, I probably wouldn't get any <laughs> of the square-jawed characters. Uh, I, get, I get cast mostly as the, smart, the smarty pants guys <laughs> you know the guys who are you know the intellectual guys the scientists pim you know those kind mm-hmm. of guys uh and and i you know even in video games and stuff in certain different franchises of video games i get cast as you know the smart scientist because i can take uh i have the uh ability to take really um complex words and phrases and say them um in such a way to where they're clear and understandable and it sounds like they're just coming off the top of my head when I have really mm, yeah. no idea what I'm saying, <laughs> but I but I can say the words precisely, and it, it sounds. I guess my read is very kind of scientific, and precise, unlike you know having a, you know a, like a Hulk voice or a, a Bane voice or one of those characters. So I'll never have the the vocal depth of being able to get one of those characters, but you know Captain America or whatever. But mm. hey, you know what? I'll take what I can get. I had a really good old friend in the old days when reading comics had to be done you know in the privacy of your own home god forbid you wear a captain america t-shirt to school you to right. um, but i had a really good friend named john horning uh in aberdeen south dakota and john and i were both comic book fans now he was a wrestler he was uh, in a in a lightweight class but he was solid solid muscle he was a small guy but he was solid muscle so nobody gave him a hard time about reading comics but but he and i bonded we'd you know when you're doing that kind of stuff you like you, you hang out and you sleep over at your buddy's house and you turn on uh, outer limits uh on cable and you order a pizza and the pizza shows up and you're there and you're eating pizza and you're drinking pop and you're I call it pop in the midwest and uh you got your comic books surrounding you you got your action figures all that great stuff and is that uh, the greatest night of all time yeah pretty close <laughs> pretty darn close yeah mm-hmm. i remember but when i was sleeping over my friend ken Stoltz's house funny story and he he just got something new called cable tv Ooh. wow you have a cable and you can get all these perfect there's no you don't no antenna you don't have to worry about the uh yeah the the reception being bad Static, so yeah. we'd watch outer limits which i always loved as a kid outer limits on wgn kwgn in denver which is one of the cable channels so he and I are up, it's like 11 o'clock at night. And of course we're in sixth grade. So it's pretty late for us. Hey, let's get a pizza. Let's get a pizza. Okay. So we order this pizza called Lou's pizza, which was one of the first ever places to deliver. It was a mom and pop place. So mm-hmm. we're watching, you know, outer limits with the, with the, you know, with the, the, the mutant with the big buggy eyes, with the goggles on, he takes the goggles off. He's got the big buggy eyes. Da, 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 you know, all of a sudden, Oh man, ha, oh, ha. It's the pizza guy. You're like, go, you go get the pizza. No, you go get it. No, you go get it. <laughs> we thought the pizza guy was gonna have the goggles and the big buggy eyes. We thought it was really fun, but we would mm-hmm. we would scare ourselves silly. But John and I always had these comic book things, and he was I was more of a DC guy, he was more of a Marvel guy. And uh then he moved to Wilmer, Minnesota, but we stayed in touch. 
and uh, we would, you know, draw superhero characters and we love Star Trek and love Laurel and Hardy and all this different stuff. So, um, you know, John, then you grow up and you get older and you, he got married and had a bunch of kids. And uh, he, he um, what, what year did uh, Batman Begins come out? Uh, 2005. Okay. Uh, he, he was at a, uh, a viewing uh, of Batman Begins with his wife. And he said, I just don't feel very well. And she said, well, do you want to go home? She's like, well, uh, I think we better call, call an ambulance. I, I really don't feel well. So they called an ambulance. And I guess he, he passed away. He had that thing John Ritter had where you have a little hole in your heart and you just kind of bleed out. Oh, man. And, and he, uh, you know, at a very uh, kind of young age, he wasn't old at all, just had that and he, and he passed away. So, um, you know, when I got the role as, as Pym on uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, I just kind of threw my head toward the heavens and said, John, I'm an Avenger. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Can man. you believe it? I'm sure he would have loved that. That's yeah. great, man. And it's like, I, I can't believe it. I'm an Avenger. And, uh, you know, he and I used to get chastised for drawing comic book characters oh. all the time. You know, we would, uh, but, you know, he and I were right. You know, Endgame is the highest grossing film of all time, except Wizard of Oz. But, um, <laughs> uh, right, yes. but, you know, it's like, hey, you know, billions and billions of dollars, I guess a couple of little comic book nerds in, uh, in Aberdeen, South Dakota, uh, we knew. We knew N back then. Nerds have made great strides over the years. Yes, <laughs> geek is chic. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I brought Marvel Fleer cards. So these Fleer cards were really big in the in the 90s. Well, big sort, I guess. But the 90s even then like it just it hadn't taken off like especially as it is now. And the next day like I brought them one day and then showed a couple friends and then and then the next day this other dude was like, "Did you bring like superhero cards to school?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, of course not." Yeah. <laughs> I like totally lied about it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, back in the day, you couldn't find any merch. There was no mm. merch. So right. you had to either make your own right. or look for something that could. I remember in Famous Monsters magazine, uh, they were selling iron-ons. There was Spider-Man, Hulk, Captain America. And I have a picture of me back in the early 70s, 72, 73, where my mom had ironed on a Captain America iron-on onto my shirt. And I never wanted to wash it because I knew that the iron-on would eventually start to fade and come off. But there was no, there was, wasn't anywhere near what they have today where you could just go to, you know, Walmart and there's about four or five different superhero shirts every week. There's a new one. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, you had that and you just kind of wore the crap out of it. I remember buying, had my mom buy plain white t-shirts and my mom was in, into something called uh, uh, embroidery paint, where it's right. like embroidery, but it's paint. Okay. Um, where you you get these tubes of paint, and you you know puncture the end, and you squeeze the tube, and there's a little paint that comes out. But you you can draw on fabric with the fabric paint, and then it dries, and then it's you can wash it, and it's it's fine. So I would I would have all sorts of uh, white T-shirts and I would pencil on the design because I was a cartoonist and she would go over it with the fabric paints. I'd tell her what colors and whatever. And I had a great Spider-Man shirt. I still have a picture of the Spider-Man shirt that I made that had his face on it and very John Romita-ish and uh, with some spider webs and Spider-Man nice. letter, spider lettering underneath. But I made Laurel and Hardy shirts, King Kong, Chevy Chase. I wish I had all those shirts left uh, still, but they all got, you know, thrown away but right. it's it was all childhood artwork on cloth you know it was pretty great i did um, the same thing with the jim lee cyclops i drew that whole cyclops like i know a lot of people don't like that that are that weren't part of the 90s generation but like the whole like um the, the yellow like band across his chest i drew that on a white t-shirt for the x-men movie that was coming out in 2000 because i was such a huge x-men fan and there was no merch you couldn't just buy stuff yeah not as much as now yeah for sure yeah yeah it's it was uh, boy times have really changed well back in the old days um there was a company called mego that would make the eight inch action figures yeah that i loved yeah. as a kid and i liked them because they had cloth costumes they weren't painted plastic you actually remove the costume and put them in a different suit of clothes or whatever and uh, Mego in the in the 
um, magazine expose, multiple issues of uh, the Mego toy company, which was fascinating, by the way. Uh, Mego wanted to get um, some of the Marvel characters, license some of the Marvel characters for to do action figures. And this is what marketing was back then. Um, so Mego is calling uh, Marvel Comics. Bring Hello, Marvel Comics. Hi, could I uh, speak with your marketing department, please? Uh, yeah, w- what do you need? Is this the marketing department? Yeah. <laughs> so basically, the receptionist was the, also the marketing person, was also the, and they're like, oh, we'd like to license Spider-Man and uh, Captain Marvel or Captain America for, uh, for action figures. Oh, okay. Send over the papers and we'll, we'll sign them. <laughs> there was just no, it, it's not the, the monolithic uh, corporate bureaucracy that it is today. It was just right. like one gal going, yeah, okay. She just answered the phone and was like, yeah, Mark, I'm in marketing. Okay, sure. She probably had like four or five different things that she was doing at, at Marvel at the time. But uh, yeah, it's nowhere near what it, what it is today. It's, you know, merch is everything now. But back then, you kind of had to get creative. Like, you know, the Batman, which brings us back to the original, my original Batman costume when I was five <laughs> years old with my dad's army cap. You kind of mm-hmm. just got to, you know, the necessity is the mother, mother of invention, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. Well, I need to have a Batman costume and I don't have one and I need to invent one. I just need to get one somehow. So mm-hmm. anyway. gotcha. that's awesome. Yeah. So it's pretty fun. So, but you guys had it nice growing up in the time you did. Cause a lot oh, of that yeah. stuff had already been, the kinks had already been worked out. So I'm happy to have blazed the trail for you. Guys, <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank, happy to do it. Happy to do it. <laughs> and it was, it was really cool because, you know, I'd done this uh, in Sioux Falls, my, my hometown. I went back last year for the SuperCon, and I did the Godfather of cosplay uh, speech and showed all the pictures and was talking about, oh, yeah, I was doing this long before, you know, anybody else. And it, it, it wasn't a badge of honor. There was no co- contest where you were awarded prizes. You got beat up. You know, if you were, if you showed your face not on Halloween in some sort of other costume, you know, you'd get derided and, and oftentimes beat up. So anyway, but I'm, but I'm happy to do that. And, and some kid actually came up after the speech and said, and shook my hand and said, thank you. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And I just kind of laughed it off like, yeah, that's kind of funny. But, but maybe the kid was really sincere that maybe he realized that, no, guys like you, you know, making your own costumes really had something to do with how this whole thing kind of, the genesis of this whole thing kind of, you know, taking over later. Now, cosplays everything, you know. And, but the thing is, the thing is, there were no girls into it when I was, when I was doing it. <laughs> that was the tough right. part. I mean, I had to, oh boy, I had to pull teeth to get my, uh, my ex-wife to be uh, Jason's mom in a uh, Halloween haunted house exhibit. <laughs> oh, you know, just, I, I said, come on, honey, just, just get in the box and we'll put your head on the plate and put some blood around your neck and you look like a severed head. And, and I'll be Jason with the pillowcase on my head with the one eye cut out and you know, and then you, you come to life and you say, kill him, Jason, kill him for mommy, kill him. And then I, you know, to bring out the machete and chase mm-hmm. people out of the haunted house. She's like, oh, I don't want to do this. But she, luckily she loved horror movies enough to the point where she was kind of cool with it. But it was really hard to get uh, females, let alone attractive females you know, involved <laughs> in that kind of stuff. And now different times, yeah, different times. Now great all the strides. Yep. Great strides. Uh, once again, gentlemen, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Your service is appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, now, now women are, uh, you know, that you, they're these, they're professional cosplayers now. They, mm-hmm. they have their Instagram accounts and Hey, this is my new co- costume I'm working on. And, you know, it's, it's two band-aids and a cork basically is the, is the <laughs> costume, you know, and uh, that's, uh, that's all, that's all there is to it, but I'm not complaining. Right. But it's, uh, you never had that kind of stuff. There was a funny story about uh, one of the early comic cons, San Diego comic cons, where it was about a hundred guys and one girl and, and the girl was somebody's sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It was the <laughs> All those times have changed. Yes. Well, thank you for not only coming on this podcast, but also paving the way <laughs> for oh, yeah. those things. Absolutely welcome. Uh, and all that. He, s- he said half in jest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so while I did introduce myself as the man who knows too much about Batman, you certainly have me beat when it comes to Batman 66. And uh, we would we have only tackled the animated films. We haven't tackled the series yet, but uh, we would love to have you back to discuss the series even further. 
Yeah, when you when you do that, let me know. I can talk about that uh, show all day. Awesome. Kind of kind of like awesome. I did just now for the past uh, what two hours we've been talking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we may be splitting this into two episodes. Uh... <laughs> you know what? I wish I had a nickel for every time I was told that after we finished a podcast. You know, hey, that was a great interview. Um, I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna probably split this. <laughs> I wish I really had a nickel for every time mm. I was told that. I'd probably have a couple bucks by now. But uh, yeah, we'll send you a couple. Was, yeah, thank you. Crap it's, load of nickels. It's just funny that they're like, yeah, we're probably going to split this because, yeah, yeah. yeah. How long is your normal um, interview? We're, we're normally an hour and – well, I mean, the last one we did was about an hour and a half anyway. So this is only oh. a little over. Right. But That's I was cool. like, you know what? We, we want to – you know, we wanted to know as much as we could on all the things that we asked anyway. So I was like, you know, there's no way that I'm going to cut you off on anything. Oh, well, maybe for my own good, you should. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for my own good and the good of the listener, maybe you maybe you should have cut me off. Oh, well, you can oh, well. you can edit. That's what's great about digital is you can always mm-hmm. for sure. cut out mm-hmm. all the random crap that, uh, that, that you don't need. Yeah. Before we finish it out, Ben, I have one final question, and, you, and, and this might be – Still under NDA, but I wanted to ask: is, is have you done any sort of work for the uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid? Uh, I have game? not. I oh, have not. not. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just wondering. Uh, no, I uh, I didn't even know that was really happening uh, at the Power Ranger conventions that I attended. I didn't hear any any buzz about that at all. So I'm not exactly sure. It's it's a fighting game like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, but oh, all Power Rangers stuff, and uh, it is pretty good, man. It's surprisingly, you know, a lot of the games in the past haven't been too great, but this one's pretty good, mm. and they are delving. Well, Psycho Rangers are from the uh, from the show, but they're also delving into the popular comic book series as well. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of characters that have that have come out just from the comic series, so it's cool to see that. And uh, I was just wondering. Um, that's so, pretty much it. Are the Psycho Rangers in the game? I'd love for them to be. I I, oh. I didn't grow up with with the with Power Rangers in space, but I've actually been going back to watch that on Netflix, and I think that is a pretty good incarnation. I was part of the original American series, uh, Mighty Morphin, but uh, I am a fan of in space now, and uh, Psycho Rangers are cool, and I would personally love to see them uh, in the game. I think it'd be really cool. Well, the uh, the thing about the Psycho Rangers are their costumes just look so cool. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. They look kind of uh, spiny and black leather, and I, I love those things. So, yeah, I think that's wow. one of the better, the more fun designs, and they do show up in the comics as well. The comics have free range to use all of it. It seems like even the Japanese stuff. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe hopefully in the future, there's a season three DLC coming out for Battle for the Grid. So. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, I would love, you know, I'm ready. I can still do the voice. I was doing it uh, in Orlando for people and doing videos, and it was a good time. So I, if they bring them back, I'm, I'm there. This has been great. Um, we'd love to have you on again. Yeah. And uh, let us know if there's anything you want to bring up in the next one, um, anything mm-hmm. you want to plug or anything like that. Oh, uh, where can people find you on social media? Oh, let's see. Uh, my website, first of all, is wallyontheweb.com. You can email me through the website, all kinds of tasty stuff on there. Wally's Week, you get to see what it uh, is like to live in, uh, li- live this life from, from week to week, which is, hasn't been all that interesting in the past couple of months, but hey, it's, there's some fun stuff. Uh, wally.wingert and at Wally Wingert for the, uh, the socials. I don't have a Facebook page anymore. I just got tired of it. But uh, right. yeah, Twitter, uh, Instagram, it's all good. And um, yeah, keep in touch. I love uh, talking to people. So nice. Is there anything that's coming up next that's uh, officially cleared on uh, uh, under NDA or whatever that you can talk about? Like, what's the next thing coming out? Mm, nothing I can really talk about at this point. Okay. Um, of course, everything's kind of in in limbo right now. But uh, yeah, we haven't been cleared to actually talk about anything. There's a a couple of cool uh, animated features coming out. Uh, one animated feature is going to be the predecessor to a video game. And they figured that they would release the animated feature to kind of bring everybody up to speed on what the storyline is. So when the video game came out, they could hit the ground running. 
and know what the uh, premise of the, the game and the storyline is. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, lots of lots of exciting stuff, but we could just kind of get back to it. So we're just kind of waiting. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, let me know when this yeah. posts, and I will uh, I will tweet it out, as the kids say. Of course. Thank you, man. Course. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Andrew, Ben, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Bye, guys. I got to say, he's probably one of our favorite uh, interviewees in uh, the history of not just superhero stuff you should know, but Super House in general. We've been lucky, man. I mean, I guess you've just been finding all the good guys, but it's just like <laughs> like all like all of our interviews, but of course, including this one, it's just really cool to talk to somebody that's been like a really iconic game series and like all kind like Invader Zim and all that and... Mm-hmm. Just like, I mean, for my money, uh, again, anytime you say like your favorite, it's going to cause some ruckus online. But like for for my money, personally speaking, this is like the top uh, Riddler voice actor of all time. Of course. Currently, up until this point in history, mm-hmm. it's cool to talk to this guy and uh, really nice dude. And to just kind of, you know, hear his stories on uh, his experience in, in the industry and his, on his... Uh, wikipedia it says he moved from the midwest to los angeles in like 87 or something mm-hmm. so he's been here been here for quite a while he's been in the game for a while so yeah uh it's just really cool to ha- see to talk with somebody that's has quite that much experience you know so mm-hmm. very very cool you know yeah no absolutely and he definitely is if, if anything he is not only the quintessential riddler but he's also somebody who uh, has done more than one version of the same character, which we talked about. Like only, I think only Troy Baker can have that distinction when it comes to a Batman character. Not with Riddler, of course, but right. with, with the Batman character himself. So that's really cool as well. Please follow us on social media with our new handles now. We are at Superhero Stuff Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, thank you very much to our Instagram followers. This week's shoutouts go to Massimo Platti. Uh, art.gallery.of.monsieur.bb <laughs> and then uh, everything Batman 219 over to awesome. Andrew yeah I'd like everybody to join the Shasta Army that's our $1 tier on patreon.com slash superhouse podcast um, we're going to keep that name just for the time being still a soft launch on the name so again it's superhouse podcast all one word uh, so patreon.com slash superhouse podcast please join the Shasta army that's our one dollar tier there I'd like to also thank Kuki Noms Matt Herring <laughs> and Elijah B <laughs> I don't know why I say Kuki Noms like that she's from Canada <laughs> but uh, Kuki Noms and um, I'm sure she'll I'd, love I'd, it yeah, I'd also like for everybody to uh, leave us a review on iTunes and also in Spotify, if that's even possible. <laughs> I have to look that up. But also <laughs> Spotify is really up in their uh, podcast game lately. Um, so, yeah, that'd be great. Um, it increases our visibility uh, quite a bit, so that would be great. And um, I'd lo- also like for everybody to take out their phone, if it's not out already, and then... Um, Open up your voice recorder app. I'm sure you already have it. And then what you do is um, open that up and then uh, record something on there like, I love superhero stuff you should know, or superhero stuff you should know is awesome, or it really could be anything, um, as long as not incriminating or something. <laughs> and uh, more than likely, we will make that a bumper or put it somewhere on our podcast. Um, and so that it's a way for you two to become a part of the show. And uh, so from the voice recorder app, after you've made the voice recording, you press the share button and then share that to all in one word, superhouse podcast at gmail.com and send that to us. And then you will be on the show uh, more than likely. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I'd say there's a 99% chance that you will. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, so yeah. And then uh, I am Thunderwolf Drew on twitter and instagram and please uh search for uh well we're uh, yeah it's youtube.com slash c slash superhouse podcast you can find us there or just search for superhouse podcast on youtube or superhero stuff you should know on youtube as well and you mm-hmm. will find us there we have uh, a lot of content there as well and i think that's it this is andrew signing off thanks wally Yep, this is Ben signing off. Thank you again, Wally Wingard. Ah!
This has been brought to you by the Superhouse Podcast Network. If you like what you heard and you want to support the show uh, or the Superhouse Podcast Network, uh, go to our Patreon at patreon.com backslash Superhouse Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.